What's good, party people? This is According to Woods, and I have the honor and privilege of talking to one half of the former WWF Women's Tag Team Champion. She is a notable from the NWA, the old school WWF, and uh, she has a blazing book, which you can get from her directly, autographed. She's the one, the only, Princess Victoria. Princess, what? how, how are you? I am awesome. I moved to Oklahoma about two months ago, and when you walk out my front door, I'm a half mile down a clay, a red clay dirt road, no traffic, full moon, no, no fresh air. There's an armadillo that has a burrow in my backyard. I'm doing good. The only thing I did was the only thing mistake I made was I gave my son my 12 gauge and my 22 rifle. Uh -oh. Otherwise, I could sit on my back porch and hit a deer. <laughs> Damn, that's some good news, right? right? Oh, venison is awesome. Venison. All you got to do is make sure you cut off that membrane, soak it in vinegar a couple three times. Get that it now. Actually, the vinegar comes in depending on how you kill it. If you do like some people do, and they've got dogs, and they went, right. and it gets the adrenaline, the blood, you know, the adrenaline and the blood, then you've got to soak the meat. But if he's dead before he knows he's dead, you don't have to do any soaking. Get a little um, bit of the blood out, but you don't have to do a work if you sit in a tree with a gun instead of running it with dogs. I mean, that makes sense, which I got to ask. Like, do you have a venison recipe that you date? My husband did a venison stew, and... He also did venison hamburger. And oh, if I didn't know it was venison, the only difference between venison hamburger and venison beef meat, slight different texture if it's cooked right. You cook it. And soak it in vinegar one time, which breaks down the membranes. Put some potatoes, some celery, some garlic powder, onions. You know, do the holy trinity from, from Louisiana. Bell peppers, onions, garlic, you know, minced garlic. Start there. Saute your meat. Put the water in. Put the carrots in. Whatever vegetable you like. If you like asparagus in your soup, put it in there. You know, and then just low and leave it alone for about four hours. Oh, my goodness. See, Alex Ramirez, oh, he got him all hot and bothered. He bothered. says, in case of a, apocalypse, I know who to visit. Princess Victoria is going to keep me safe. Ah, uh, Hey. If the apocalypse comes, we all got to band together. And I've got, I've got 
fifth generation green bean seeds. Where I started them out with the first generation, and I grew that. Then I took the seeds from second generation, third generation, fourth. I got fifth generation green beans. And the reason you want the fifth generation is because they've been through this year and these bugs. They've been through the second year and these diseases. So they're already kind of like us when we get the coronavirus or the, what is it, Omicron? You know, when you get it, your immune system builds. It's the same thing with vegetables. And how did you get to be such a like a lover like of food? A lover of food because I feel like we need a princess of Florida. I mean, Nikki Richter was the one who taught me. And I'm sure you know this. Buy my book. Yes. Um, yes. If you remember back in the old days when Wendy's had the salad bar and they had the clear plastic top that was like this tall, Wendy Richter was the one who taught me don't put the black plate. Turn the white plastic over, fill that sucker up for a buck ninety-nine. Cause then they didn't weigh it. You just went through the salad bar one time for a buck ninety-nine. We could eat three meals for a buck ninety-nine. When you work for Moolah, you learn how to survive. <laughs> that one. Moolah, Moolah, Moolah. Jesus, Louise, that one. And uh, Russell Weasley over in uh, Scotland says, I think you should do an interview with Daisy from Globe. I mean, that might happen. I mean, this is... This is one of the joys of my life, right? Where a lot of the people that I read about and watch on, on video uh, tape would essentially be able to have a conversation and get inside their their brain and and what the you know like what happened beyond just the pages or of history and what have you. So uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I I'm. I'm just absolutely gobsmacked to have you here, you know, and uh, it's theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, if you were to have a cooking show where you made all your venison treasures and maybe had a little bit of a a spice alcohol of your choosing, what would said cooking show be? Say that again. What would be the name of your cooking show? Oh God, it's Vicky. <laughs> I moved in with my sister for about five years, right? She right. left the house at five thirty-six o'clock in the morning. She didn't get home till night. So, and her long story short, I ended up doing the cooking, and. I called my son one day and we were talking. I said, they love my cooking here. Son was, my son's response was, what the fuck were they eating before? (laughs) But (laughs) you. That made a, 
It made up a hell of an impression. I mean, I'm just saying. I I became a single mother when he was six months old. And I was also running a thrift shop. I was working through Sunday carrying a six-month-old kid in in a car seat to storage shed auctions. And by the way, don't pay attention to storage wars. You know those, you know, $5,000, They get for $15. That's one in a thousand. Yeah, it does a million even. But it's one in a thousand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're a single mom and you're working days a week, when Domino's puts their pizzas on sale, two for eight ninety nine. Burger King had their two burgers, two fries, two cokes for two dollars. That's what you did. Yeah. Or if you made dinner, it was macaroni and cheese with hot dogs cut up in it, and mm-hmm. you ate what he didn't eat. Right. And that's what he was used to because I didn't have time. And then my husband Jack came along and he 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 became last year's our relationship before he passed away. I would come home to a three course and mashed potatoes did not come out of a box. Wow. He made homemade shrimp Alfredo and he would put some of these things together. I would never think of making a cold pasta salad and putting and horseradish in. But he did that. He would make these things and combine them. And when I moved into my sister's and I became the head cook and bottle washer, I said, all right, remember. And I took lessons off of him. And the spiced sriracha. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It goes good with everything. Yeah, you're speaking my language. I, I, I got a vat. It's not even a, a bottle of sriracha in my fridge. It's a vat. Like, I've got a whole thing. It's almost like those boxy wines. My sriracha sauce. Oh, yeah. No, I don't have sauce. Spice. You can order it on Amazon. And you know that that taste in the fried bean Taco Bell that you can't match? Yeah, yeah. Add salt and hit it hard with sriracha and then cook it slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah, that's some get her done right there. Hell yes. Oh, yeah. Which- <laughs> Gotta love you. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, a, a, a good chunk of your uh, your, your career within the, the the ropes, you know, was a, a pretty tedious time. You know, that that late seventies, early eighties time period, it was not easy for anybody, especially a woman, right? So, what? Oh no! You in- no! No! Oh, let me tell. See, this is where a lot of people have a misconception. Mm-hmm. I was so blessed. Velvet and I both were blessed. 
we started out in the Pacific Northwest with Buddy Rose, Roddy Piper, um, and Stasiak, Sandy Barr, of course, our trainer, um, Don Owens, one that a promoter above all promoters, only person who comes equal with Don Owens in my eyes is Bill Watts. Wow. Because Don Owens took care of his people, Bill Watts took care of his people. And I have instances with both of these gentlemen that proved it. Actually, I've got two with Don. I've got one with Bill. Uh, uh, I came up with a band of brothers. Uh, I showed at the in Portland when I was 14 years old. I had left home because it was leave or die. And I was living in a wine motel over on, on uh, off of Burnside in Portland and working at the Denny's on the corner of Burnside in Portland. And this is back in the day when they still had the porcelain plates with the tigers running around the tree, the, 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 the sambo. And they had the tigers running around the tree turning me into butter. This was how long ago it was. And I started going to the matches in Portland and showed up one day. And I just decided I was going to dress up. And I had this pair of tan candies and uh, a chiffon yellow dress with a Chinese collar. And, and I've been going for a few you know, a couple months before that on Saturdays, but this time when I went to get my ticket, I looked at my ticket and it was the first receipt. And I went to hand it back to Sandy and I told Sandy, I said, No, I said, You gave me the wrong ticket. He said, No, you're on you're on the front row. And from that night on after that, I was on the front row. And I got to know Sandy Barr. I got to know Sherry, his wife. I got to know Peggy, who was taking pictures. Dale, who was a security guard. And one night I had quit uh, my job at, at Denny's. And I walked in and I told Sandy I need a job. And I went to work there that night. That's, and that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, it, it was really funny because, like I said, I was 14 going on 15. And looking back now, I, I didn't quite re realize it then, but looking back now, I was protected. I was little sister, and you didn't mess with little sister. Um, if I needed something, if I needed a ride, back from the matches to my house. I got to ride back there or I got to ride the bomber. I'd rather have to ride the bomber in Portland because that's where all the guys stayed. Um, and just dragged into this family. And like I said, there, I don't have the stories that a lot of the ladies have that started in my time. I have a story of where Buddy Rose put me over. You know, Tommy Rogers was my partner. I 
I was the second to last person in in eight man over the top battle royal. And I was supposed to be the first man out according to Don Owens and the guys and Sandy said, well, guess we're going to get our ass. And they be second to last man in in Salem, Oregon. And Buddy Rose and that night made my career. That's, I, mean, I, guess, I mean, I guess. Go ahead. Those are names that I just, you know, Playboy Buddy Rose and, uh, you know. Ed Wisconsin, Stan Stasiak, uh, Rip Oliver. Um, and these guys were my brothers. Of course, Stan and Stan was old enough to be my dad. He was still my brother. Um, I was blessed. Velvet and I were blessed when we came up. Um, the, the, you know, you've got your jerks in every crowd. And I'm not going to mention the name, but there was this one young kid. His dad was a wrestler, and he had an attitude. And his dad, well, no, I am going to mention his name. His name's Matt Bourne. And, you know... You really? know that, yeah. You know that little brat on the playground that keeps pulling your pigtails or dink, dipping them in ink. That was Matt Bourne. And I was, I was in the dressing room in Eugene, and he was wrestling with his dad at the time, Tony. And Tony Bourne, gentleman oh, above Bourne, Come on. Okay. When Sandy trained me, first rule, which, hey, all you new guys, listen to this. First rule of thumb. When the old timer speaks, you shut your mouth and you open your ears and you do what you're told. We're in Eugene and Matt had been giving me a horrendously bad time by then. And Tony says, Princess, come here. Yes, sir. And that's how we spoke. Yes, sir. And it wasn't just me because I was female. Your younger guys, uh, uh, Art Cruz, um, Tommy Rogers, all the younger guys. If Tony or Rip or Roddy or Stan spoke, yes, sir. And he said, I want you to come here and sit on my lap. Well, I had two things to draw from. Yeah. Tony Bourne had always been a gentleman in, in the dressing room. I never had a problem with him. Number two, Sandy Barr said, when an old timer tells you to do something, you shut your mouth and you do what you're told. So I went over and sat on his lap. And he took my arm, draped around his neck. You go with anything that happens. And I'm sitting there with my arm around Tony Bourne's neck, 40 years older than me. And I wasn't worried. I mean, there was nothing popping up, okay? And all of a sudden, Tony Bourne laid me over backwards, put a lip lock on me that I had never seen. 
click, click, click. Go with whatever you, I do. So, of course, other arm comes around. I'm doing a work. And all of a sudden, you hear clunk. Oh, hell fucking no. And Tony let, takes off the lip lock, looks up, looks Matt Boren right dead in the eyes and said, you will not disrespect your new stepmama like that. Ever oh. again. Oh. oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. That wasn't the end of it. In the old days, when we pulled ribs, we pulled ribs for one solid week. I slept in the motel room. I ate with Tony. I drank with Tony. I rode with Tony. As far as Warren knew for a week, Tony and I had drifted on to, off to Vegas on our two days off and gotten married at the White Chapel for one <laughs> solid week. Needless to say, he never messed with me again. Are we nuts? Are we nuts? That's nuts. Which, nuts. I, I, you know, after seeing Matt's work in uh, ECW after he has his WWF run, right? And uh, to me, that was his best work as Born Again, right? He's like a quasi-doink, but even more evil. Actually, kind of what Vince and everyone else in the WWE kind of pitched to him, right? Kind of like this weird, neurotic, dark, it, it, it type character, right? So that's what I in my head. Right, so that's what I'm in my head thinking. Like that dude is thinking that you are his new stepmom. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I don't, I don't remember Tony and I ever letting him off the hook. We just kind of quit staying in this hotel room. <laughs> that boy sweat. That's a that's a that's a hell of a rig. And uh, Robbie Edward Rice says, uh, Princess Victoria, it's a, a, a pleasure to say hi. Uh, wrestler to wrestler, which uh, Robbie is actually training under uh, the Boogie Woogie Man, uh, Jimmy Valiant. Listen to him, Robbie. Jimmy, Jimmy's Jimmy. Yeah. And you listen. You do what he tells you to do. Don't let your ego get in the way. And I'm going to tell you this. The night that I went over, when Buddy Rose put me over, the first things I walked down, and I'm pumped up, got my ego going, and Sandy looked at me and said, now the real work begins. And I went, what? He said, any jabroni can get over. It takes a real wrestler to remember that. But ah, you've got to if Eddie's training, Eddie, if if Jimmy's training you, you've got a hell of a trainer. Hell yes! Oh man, yeah, the the boogeyman. Uh, that's, I mean, his promos in in Memphis. I mean, obviously you can look at the North. I mean, the Mid Atlantic stuff and what have you. But his first run with with Lawler is oh nuts. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky enough to witness that from the curtain. Really? I was there. Really? Yeah, I was there. 
Well, oh, funny, um, enough, well, funny enough, you were saying about like, you know, a brat and a son of a wrestler or a wrestling personality, and you went with Tony and Matt Bourne. I thought you were like, oh, George Goulas. George Goulas. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not getting me killed tonight. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is your favorite Jet Set match not involving Bobby Eaton? You know, you know that's, the, that's the tag team. When Velvet and I had the belts, we were in Memphis. Rock and Roll Express was going out to meet. I don't remember who their opponents were, forgive me. And, you know, we. this is when the music started. This, mm-hmm. Vinny didn't invent the music intros. Mm-hmm. We started in the 80s. And Absolutely. Absolutely. we didn't ex- exactly pay somebody to do our music. We got <laughs> And Velvet and I had just started tour as champions and of course what was the biggest song 82 queen queen we are the champions champions. champions. i go out i tell the guy here's the tape second song yeah this is when we had cassette tapes not Mm -hmm. dvds or cds second song Velvet and I are, are in our dressing room, and all of a sudden, here comes rock and roll. You can't use that song. And why not? We've been using it. That's our song. I said, no, that's our song. She said, yeah, but you're semi-main event, and we're main event, so that's our song. Oof. So we went out to... Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the last part. Still not bad. Still not bad. No. Well, Queen was my favorite band. Velvet was ACDC. I was Queen. Really? Really? Well, I was Queen, Willie Nelson, Eagles. Velvet was ACDC. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Black and black. Which I mean, as a as a Eagles fan, right? Because I I often debate my my friends, right? Because who who do you think is like the better band slash drummer into solo artists? Because you can make an argument, right? When the drummers in bands don't usually get the acclaim, right? But you've got Don Henley of the Eagles and then Phil Collins of Genesis. Right, and two of the biggest bands of the 70s into the 80s, and then Henley and Collins as drummers, right? But then they become solo artists and have two of the biggest careers of the next two decades. That's like asking who's the better wrestler, me or Velvet. Ooh, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I mean, you're here, so I'm gonna obviously go with you. No, I don't, I, you don't need to pluck my skirt. <laughs> but Don Henley I got lucky enough when I was in Japan they had a double album on cassette 
Hotel Cat. Yeah. And then the Blue Album. What was the Blue Album? The Blue Plate Paisley <laughs> Album. Hotel was that Hotel one with Life in the... the that was the one with Life in the Fastlane. Both albums were on the same cassette. And see, they had earbuds back in 82. Mm-hmm. And we got earbuds when... Yeah, like what, late 90s, early 2000s, something right. like that? Mid well, 2000s, actually. Right. If I had known I was going to have my son, he was Pokemon freak. I would have bought all the Pokemon cards in the world because Pokemon and Hello Kitty back in 82 and 83 was the big thing in Japan. And it didn't hit here till my son was like 11 years old, which would have been. 2002-2003. And especially the, those deep cuts of like the, the Japanese, you know, versions of it, you know, even the albums, you know, the Japanese version, it's way better than the, the, the North American releases. The technology, I mean, that set, there was one thing about vinyl but that cassette, I played that somewhere between three. Some people say three, I say six or seven. And that was my main cassette there because you'd get on the bus, you'd ride for four, five, six hours, seven hours a day. I wasn't driving, so I didn't have anything to do. And so you played your music. And I, of course, well, one trip I crocheted, Wendy Richter and I went over to Japan and she had all this yarn and she wanted a king size spread. So for two months, I crocheted her this great big granny square that was king size. And I finished it the week before we left Japan. You still owe me for that damn spread. Yeah, you know, uh, hopefully... She's uh, not, you know, she's over the, uh, you know, the, the Black Widow, you know, kind of uh, screw job. Uh, 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 oh, you no. mean uh, not Black Widow. Um, was it Lady Spider? That was it. Lady Sp- uh, Spider Lady. Spider Lady. There you go. Spider Lady. You got to let it go at one point. I'm, it's like the way they dumped me when I broke my neck. It's like, get out of here. And I wasn't smart enough to call up Buddy, to call up, to call up, you know, Stan or, you know, any of the other brothers, Rip Oliver, and say, look, they just dumped me on my tail because I can't wrestle. Where do I go from here? I just disappeared. And Wendy did the same thing. You know, when they when they pulled the great screw on her. She didn't even change her gear. She walked out of the arena in her gear with her grip and her clothes and walked away. But you got to let it go at one point because the only it's like it's like drinking poison and thinking it's going to kill the person next to you. You know, you, you can hold all this hate and all this this grudge in you. It's not hurting them. Moo's dead. Vinny's an asshole. We all know that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, right. So 
So if I hold this grudge and I keep letting it eat me up, the only person I'm hurting is me. And I look at it this way. If I hadn't broke my neck that night in the rain and they hadn't threw me to the wolves like they did, $20 in my Chevy Malibu station wagon, I'd have never met my first husband. Wow. Which means I would have never had my son, John, who is now an attorney. And wow. he, he come up hard. When chicken went on sale for 29 cents a pound, I bought 40 pounds, and my husband figured out 30 ways to cook it. Okay. That's... He, he didn't have the Nike tennis shoes or anything like that. The clothes he got, if my thrift store when I bought a storage shed, right. uh, he put himself through college. Wow. Right. He walked into his first year of college with 26 of 30 first year credits over here at Oklahoma. Danny Hodges alma mater. Wow. Danny Hodges. Oklahoma. In his, he did his first four years of political science in three years, working full time, wow. supporting wow. himself. Paying for, but I think I gave him, I, I, I found $5,000 that year, you know, out of that four years of giving. When his dad passed away, I had an insurance policy. He was into his second four years where he's going for his bachelor's in law, studying for the, uh, for the bar. The bar, yeah. Right. Okay. The first three years. He was in a class of 160 plus, 168 students. He was the only one working. He was in the top. He was in the top 6.2 percent of it. That's a job. The lady he met, Hunter, who I couldn't stand her when I met her. This 18-year-old little tiny hiney, taking my boy away from me. How? Dare you and then she stayed with him through the last four years where he was studying for the bar. Wow. Now when you're stood oh, you got a clue. You wake up, you get a cup of coffee, you study, you go to work, you come home, you study, you eat dinner, you go to sleep, you wake up, get a cup of coffee, you study. You go to school, you go to work. That was the last four years. The last three of four years. The fourth year, she worked because the college did not allow you to work the last year. So John could not work while he was, this is when you're, this is the year you're, Hunter worked. Wow. They had no life. She stayed with him. And she's with him today and they just bought their first house. That's incredible. Congratulations <laughs> to John and Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. He he's done good. She did she she made it through me. You know she 
Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. He stood against me for her. Wow. Right. That, I mean, I, it, it hit Peter for him, for both of them, really. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled to death. Uh, I always told him, I said, you know, number one, you're going to break your back like I've done all my life. Right. Or are you going to go to college? He went to college and he did it on his own. Number two, if you get a girl pregnant, you do not marry her just because you got her pregnant. Yeah. You will get a job. You will pay child support. You will have, you know, full child, but you will not marry her just because you got her pregnant because it never works out. Nope. He will be 30 March 1st. He's an attorney with Liberty Mary top floor. He's been with her now, I believe it's eight years, Hunter. I'm sorry. They just bought a brand new house. You know, $250,000 house. I'm now in a... Where are my grandchildren? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Time is ticking, John and Hunter. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, put the pressure. Which I mean, Hunter's, and it's funny because Hunter, right, in reference to wrestling, he gives her Stanford. But I think, I think going through you to get to John, your daughter-in-law, Hunter, might be a little bit tougher than uh, old uh, Triple H there. Oh, uh, oh, oh, it's tough cookie. Because I tried to break her the first time I met her. And I didn't even realize it until my son told me about it two, three years later. I was telling her about all his other girlfriends and how this one was asking about him and how that one was at. You know, because this little tiny, tiny thing really. No, you're not good enough for my son. Hell, she ain't. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, that's a that's a good uh, way to be proven wrong, right? If she stayed with him for five years of law school, mm -hmm. no life. Really? Well, and yeah. and like I said, he come from poor background. For 29 cents a pound, we bought 40 pounds. There mm -hmm. wasn't a money issue there. And then she met me and she still stayed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a snake pit. That, you, you, you're going through you as a potential mother-in-law might be a snake pit that, heck, even Eddie Graham would probably be proud of. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's. She's a good kid. I'm I'm glad she stuck it out. I really am. Hell yeah, me too. I, I, you know, uh, much love to, to John and Hunter. Which, I mean, what does Hunter uh, think of of mom's wrestling career? You know, I don't think we've ever really discussed it. I mean, 
you got to understand, I didn't even tell John I was a professional wrestler till he was 15. Really? After what Vinny did? Yeah, that's true. Women's professional wrestling. Do you really think? I mean, when I saw what they did in Kuwait, and don't misunderstand me, I don't blame the women. I blame Russo, and I blame Vinnie Mac. Okay? The writer, the promoter, or the booker and the promoter, whatever you want to call them. Why in the hell would you send three women out with three triangles and butt floss to instead of wrestle, have a dance off in front of our troops in Kuwait on national television? Yep. Other than to degrade women's wrestling. 100%. Which, I and mean, I'm, you know. I puked all over myself one too many times learning this business, learning collegiate wrestling, learning Greco-Roman wrestling, you know, broken collarbone, broken neck, uh, broken here, can you, the bump here, a, a busted kneecap, for him to do that to my business, not his business, my business. And it's, it's wild, right? Because... Vince, you know, a, a lot of people who might be uninitiated thinking that, you know, he grew up with his dad, you know, and his grandfather, you know, second and third generation promoters and what have you. But, you know, he grew up poor, you know, in, in North Carolina, I believe. Right. You know, and then I think it was about. I, I, I remember Vinny, Vinny when he was a pencil neck geek. His neck <laughs> was smaller. He was his neck was smaller than mine is now. Wow. Running behind Hogan and Piper like a lovesick pup. And then, you know, he didn't pay any attention to anybody but the superstar. And should have known when Mr. McMahon, I will always call Vince McMahon Sr. Mr. McMahon because he did treat me right. He treated all his people right. The day he sold the business to Vinnie Mac was the one day in history that I wish I could change. Because which, I mean, although Vinnie made money, he's disgraced this business. You're not wrong. Which, you know. Look what he did to Terry Taylor. I'm not yeah, the, the damn rooster. What is it, Red Rooster? No, yeah. Terry was one of the greatest technical wrestlers. He was a Bob Backlund coming up. And then he had him do that. Look what he did to Adrian Adonis. Yeah, true. You know, and on 80s history, and 80 was a friend of mine. If you go back on 80s history into the Pacific Northwest, when him and Ron Starr were teaming up and he was doing the biker gimmick with the black leather jacket, 80 was over. He didn't need that 
freaking crap that Vince put on. No, I mean you're you're no, you're not you're wrong because he was he was trying to sell you know uh, what is it the rock and wrestling connection he was trying to make action figures I mean look no further than Bret Hart I mean, what he wanted to make as a cowboy until Bret was like look at the Montreal crew facts why do you do that to your people Don Owens never had to do that if Don Owens said okay. Wrong star. You're going to wrestle Roddy Piper or Buddy Rose, and, and Ron Star was over like Piper was during his time. You're going to lose or leave town, but you're going to this territory over here. Ron Star said, cool, thanks, bud. Did his job and went. Don didn't have to disgrace him by turning him into some female gardener. Um, he didn't, there's so much that is wrong with wrestling entertainment that it makes me and a lot of my friends very ill. I, I was working on a documentary that never came to be due to unfortunate circumstances. And there was one question, and I interviewed over 40 wrestlers, male and female. With the exception of one, I asked, and I asked everyone this question, with the exception of one person, when I asked them the question, if you could go back in wrestling history and change one day or one thing, what would you change? Literally, every one of them, Edge, Danny Hodge, uh, Bill Moody, uh, Joyce Grable, you go down the line, the women and the men, every one of them said the day that Mr. McMahon Sr. sold the business in March of 84 to Vince McMahon because that was the death of our sport and that's when he took it to entertainment now, now wow. what was the, the, what health, was the, the health condition of vince senior in 84 you know what mr mcmahon hit a lot of things and he could have been very ill i have no clue i only saw him for a couple of minutes like when we went to Madison Square Garden he'd come into the dressing room and he'd say this is what's going on this is what I want done are you girls okay is there anything you need as far as being a personal friend of his no I was not I, I was an employee of his so I could not honestly say what his health condition was no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, which, I mean, were you in, I mean, when your neck injury happened, what year was that thereabouts? That was the, from what I can figure out, I thought it was the first week in September. From what I can figure out, it was the 7th, 7th of September. It was a dark match of 1984. Wow. And 
what happened was a girl picked me up and I can't remember if she was going to hang me in the turnbuckle or she was going to do a pile driver, but she stumbled, she fell, which happens, especially a freaking mat that's got tears in it. Right. And she sat on my neck. I finished the match. I didn't even know I was hurt. I mean, it, it happened. You get up, you go on. And I went to the dressing room and I sat down because you sat down to cool off. Right. And I was just sitting there, you know, and went down to unlace my boots. And when I leaned down like this, felt like somebody took a saber and ran it from that neck, that uh, vertebrae that connects your neck to your back all the way down to the left vertebrae. Damn. Okay, what the hell muscle have I pulled now? Because that was the thinking at the time. You know, you you didn't complain. I've broken my wrist. I've broken my ankle. You know, you wrap your ankle in an ace band-aid. Well, first you put band-aid on it. Then you put an elastic wrap on it. Then you put an ace bandage on it. Then you tighten your boots as tight as you can. So that work. there's no movement so you can walk in the ring. That that was just because if you let them know you were hurt, you were done. So finished the match, went to the dressing room, went to lace up, unlaced, bent over, felt that pain, sat back and said, all right, what muscle did I pull? And I'm moving. And... I'm not sure exactly how loud I screamed when I went down to unlace the second time. But the next thing I remember, I was on a gurney with two EMTs and I could see the red lights. The next thing I remember that after that, I was in the hospital and I had two surgeons telling me, you have to have an operation. And I said, you vultures aren't going to operate on me because I've seen what you've done to my friends. And at that time, we're talking 84. Right. When they were doing back surgeries on wrestlers, then the only thing they did was make it worse. Right. Right. The next thing I remember, and I'm sure there was a week or two weeks in between. I don't remember. Next thing I remember, I'm walking out of, my cabana at uh, Moolah's, and I say cabana with sarcasm dripping. <laughs> to the ring out in the barn, and she says, you need to take a bump. I take a bump, and that was it. I couldn't get up. I take a bump. I'd scream, and I mentally was in a total log for however long after that. Uh, then she sent me to this gentleman in Holland, oh. whom I didn't sleep with, and she was very aggravated about that. Uh-oh. Come on now. And, and, and the, 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 the hurt we're talking about is Moolah, right? I've got a 13-inch neck. 
a 28 inch waist, a 36 inch hip, a 36 inch bust. And this boy was so ugly. He wasn't beat by the ugly stick. This fucker was beat by the whole forest. <laughs> I kid you not. Now look, there's my drink, right? Right. I talked to him on the phone. They flew me to Amsterdam, Holland. He picked me up. I told him separate motel rooms. You know, this was a fan who was paying for me to come visit him. Of course, Mula's thing was, now, hon, the nicer you are to him, the bigger your paycheck will be. And you could really use a big paycheck right now. Wow. I'd already told him on the phone, look, this is separate motel rooms. I'm not saying... If he was, if he looked like Jason Momoa, I would not have unlocked that door in a heartbeat. Oh hell yeah! I mean, and this Jason Momoa is single now, so really, any like older, older? Oh, so my women, next so. ex-husband is single now? Yes, absolutely. Oh, she I got screwed up. up. She got screwed up. That's many credits and Jason Momoa. His kids and they got. Oh Lord! <laughs> you don't got I mean, my heart. Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa. That's what I'm saying. Right? Hey, Jason. Mal. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Like, uh, we might. I mean, he, right? I know he, he plays music with Les Claypool from Primus. Maybe they tour he rides, in Oklahoma. He, I'm just he plays music. He rides. And he's just him? Really? What more could an old woman ask for? I, I mean... We're not going to talk. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I get over there. We've got separate motel rooms. Right. The first thing this fool does when I get off the plane is he takes me to the red light district in Amsterdam. Oh, no. And, you know, the girls are up in the windows with their, yeah. you know, which, that, I'm no virgin. I'm, right. I'm looking at them. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. And then he says, well, we can put your gym right here in between the girl in the red and the girl in the blue with the fishnet stock. And I'm, no, we can't. <laughs> and then we get, <laughs> we get to, uh, is it the Seine River? Yeah, it helps with that, man. Yeah. That big bin is on, you go across. Yeah. All right, yeah. we get to this castle. Big bin is here. The motel is over here. You can see the same river. And I'm exhausted by now because I've done flown from here to there. Yeah. Then rode through the red light district and we went out to eat. I had steak tartare for the first time. Mm. So we're talking about a almost 24 hour day. So we get to the motel. I go to my room. I'm out. I wake up like this. His hand is here. Actually, his hand is here. And I've got my, I've got his wrist and I've got my finger like this, right? I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
and I'm going, uh-uh. But anyway, when I looked over, this is his leg. Now, imagine his leg as wide as the background on Velvet Knight's picture. And the bottom of my cup is the boxer shorts that he was in. And my finger is his leg. Uh-oh. Like I said, this boy wasn't ugly. He was ugly. <laughs> and he kept telling me, well, you know, I'm a dude. I've got women falling at my feet. I've got money. You know, what's your price? And I just looked at him. I said, and I can't say his name. I said, my price is love. I said, I'm sorry, but there's no chemistry here. Well, what are you going to do if I take your passport? I said, after I whoop the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. I said, I mean I'm going to go to the American embassy. I'm going to tell you did. And I will press every charge I can possibly press against you. And now this was a very wealthy man at the time. Like I said, he was a dude. Mm -hmm. Well, when I get back, now this is after I broke my neck. She sent me over there. I come back. I didn't sleep with Ugly. And she calls me in the office and says, uh, look, you owe me three months back rent. Um, I'll take the yellow outfit with the white eagle and the boots. I'll take the white outfit and the blue and white boots. I'll take the brown outfit I gave you for Christmas for the three months rent. And you need to figure out how you're going to pay next month's rent or you need to pack your car and go. Whoa. Never heard not one word from Vinnie Mac. And I broke my neck in Philadelphia on his mind. Yeah. Not one word have I heard to this day. I left Moolah's in my 1982-81 Chevy Malibu station wagon with $20 in my pocket. That's, uh, I mean, that's disheartening. In so many degrees. I was no longer able to bring her in money. I was of no use. Almost like a horse, right? That they put to pasture. Where was Vinny? I was working for him almost full time. There was nine months. There was not a match other than I went to Japan for two months that I was not on Vinny Max time. Never to this day have I heard a word from him. And right now, there are times I have to use a crutch. I have to use a walker. If I'm going to somewhere that I'm going to have to be on my feet or be in a crowd for eight hours, I have to use a wheelchair because of my broken neck proof of it. Man, it's... Because when I think about, especially the extent of your injury, right, it, it, it almost reminds me of, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but when uh, 
when Owen Hart did the Aaron. I refused to watch. I, I, I heard. I heard. I know what happened. Eighty-five feet in the air. Oh Dead. no no no! But so so Owen actually he was working Austin for the the Intercontinental title. This is like before right. he passed away, and he basically did a tombstone, but instead of dropping to his knees, he dropped to his ass, and it it basically fucked up Austin's neck. Jammed it. It went. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's basically. I have degenerative disc bone disease. I have right here. Now, the vertebrae that was broke was the second vertebrae in my neck. The muscle that's holding that in place is now uh, calcifying. Otherwise, it's turning to bone. I have no padding between any of my vertebrae. And I have, I have proven. And it's not a disease. It's due to this injury. That right. And and there's so many others. I mean, look what he did to Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Eddie Guerrero. Mm. My God, I used to watch Eddie when he was a kid in Portland. Wow. 10 and 12 years old. You have to run him out of the ring to break down the ring. You know, Ben, 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 is that how you say it? Ben, yeah, Ben, 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 Do you know what Don Owens would have done if he had someone who was showing the mental thing that Chris was showing? Don would have told him. Bill would have told him, like Bill, and not mentally, but as far as the doctor was concerned, Bill told me, okay, you have this wrong. I'm a doctor. He, he is at this address. This is his phone number. This is your time. If you show up at this doctor, do not show up at the arena tonight. But if the doctor says... If you show up and the doctor says you can't wrestle, I will pay you. That's wow. what Bill. No, that's what Bill did, and that's what Don did. When my grandfather died, my first match was supposed to be four days after my grandfather died. I was at I our princess weekend. Don't ask. <laughs> But he traced me down, and I got a phone call. Vicky, your mother's called. You need to call her. Well, Sylvia never called. So I knew. I called her. She said, your granddad's in the hospital tomorrow. And have you ever had that overwhelming feeling that... And I told her, I said, he's not coming home. Yeah. And I said, he's not coming home. I hung up the phone. I went to Sandy. I said, this was on Saturday night. It was resting. Sandy told me, he said, Vicki, if you get on a bus from Portland to wish to the Dalles, you're going to be on that bus till 6 o'clock in the morning. If you're lucky, you'll get there that early. 
He said, go ahead and work tonight. I'm calling my pilot. When the sun comes up, because it was in the middle of winter, it was in December. When the sun comes up, I'll put you on my Cessna 180. He dropped me in Dallasport, across from the Dallas, Oregon, Dallasport, Washington. My grand, the airport was so small, she drove up to the door of the airplane. Wow. I got in her car. We drove 10 minutes to the hospital. I got to see my grandfather. And even the nurses told us, oh, he's coming home tomorrow. He's fine. He had ripped stitches in his lungs. He had had cancer surgery. And the dumbass went out to show a kid how to cut wood. What does this do? It rips, he didn't like yeah. the way the kid was ripped the stitches. Well, even the nurses, the doctors, all they all came. Oh, no, he's coming home tomorrow. We got, we got this. So my grandmother and I got in her car. We drove 20 minutes, 26 minutes, 26 miles from Dallas, the Dallas to Wishbrand. As we're walking in the door, phone's ringing. Grandma picks up the phone. It's the hospital. Hugh, my grandfather, is in full organ failure. Whoa. Okay, number one, Sandy put me on his private plane and flown me to mm -hmm. Dallas. If it hadn't been for that, not because I got there just as the sun, it was like 7.30, I got to the hospital right at visiting time at 8. I wouldn't have been there by 8 o'clock taking a bus. Okay. And then I, my granddad dies. I call Sandy and I tell him, I said, look, and my first match is supposed to be two days later. Wow. And I call Sandy and I, and I told him, and at this time I was hooked. You know, I was, yeah, I'm going to be a wrestler. You know, poor Velvet. <laughs> Yeah. And I told Sandy, I said, look, I said, my grandmother married this man back in 1932. She's never been with any man other than my grandpa. Wow. I need to be here because she's going to follow him. And you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. He said, all right. He said, you do what you got to do. I call, I'm, I'm at my grandmother's house, the phone rings. I pick it up. She's in the kitchen cooking because that's what grandma did. You know, when your brain, you're either angry, sad, mad, or glad, you clean or you cook. Right. <laughs> and I answered the phone and it was Don Owens. And he told me, I said, Don, I said, I, I can't make a match. He said, Vicki. And I told him why, because I figured my grandmother was going to follow right after. He said, Vicki, you stay with your grandmother as long as you feel necessary. Wow. And when that time is done, your job is clear. Yes, sir. That's unheard of.
No, it's not. Donald Trump. I mean, there there are good promoters out there. You know, yeah, th there are promoters like Piper said. You know, I've got I've got room in my belly button for Buddy Rose's brain. You know, a cockroach egg and the heart of a promoter. Yeah, we all know those promoters, but we also know the promoters like Bill Watts and Don Owens. You know, Ed Moretti. Um, and I was blessed to come up during this time with this promoter, with Sandy Barr, with these wrestlers. And you should have seen, they tiptoed around me when I came back after Granddad died. Wow. And I finally got pissed. You okay? Here, you know, you need this, you need that. Would y'all just stop? <laughs> you know, Take me in the ring and body slam me. Don't babysit me. Wow. But no, this was back in the day when wrestling was family. It is. Yeah, it, is. it was. You know, he was still my little brother. Okay, the little brother I wanted to kill. Yeah. But he was still my little brother. We were all family. If somebody put a whistle out you had the whole crew there you know every wrestler and I'm talking Roddy Piper, Buddy Rose Rip Oliver, Stan Stasiak all of us look at that dressing room yeah. you would see yeah. certain people watching and when even Piper you know Critique me. What could I? What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? There were no prima donnas back then. Well, there was Matt Bourne, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Matt. I Matt. <laughs> but you know that—that's the way it was. That's not the way it is today. And I feel sorry for these today. I really do, because they have no clue what they're missing. They really yeah. have no yeah. it's and it's wild, right? Because you would think in in um, things like the Total Divas reality show or you know the women's revolution and what have you, it's more lucrative to get into women's wrestling to an extent now more than ever before. You know, if you're not George Grable or Mula or uh, Oh, God, she's she's buried actually in the cemetery right here. Oh, God, you're talking about May? No, no, no. May um, West. Um, who's who was uh, Billy Wolf's uh, wife? She's oh, NWA Women's Champion. You're not talking about Cora Combs, no. No, 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 no. Um, um, oh, I should see her. She's got the coughed hair. Um. Why am I, why am I and, blanking? Uh, all right, come on, Google she, it. She, yeah, because she, she's also in, speaking of Piper, she's in that body slam movie um, with, with Piper and Tonga Kid. Um, I didn't watch it. You got to understand, when I saw that match where Trish and the other two girls 
came out with three triangles and butt floss in Kuwait. They did dance off, and the only damn thing that was missing was the pole. I quit yeah. watching wrestling up until five, eight years ago, maybe from 1988, eight years ago, I quit. I was disgusted when I saw that. And then, and, and then right behind that on the same show was when he had Linda, his wife, was some heel manager who came up to Linda. You probably remember it. Where he said, your husband, your husband did that. And he went to lead her up the stairs to the bedroom and said, and you're going to pay for it. Yeah. And I went, how bad does this man hate women that he would disgrace his own wife like that? Oh, that's not even the house. When when, uh, his daughter, Stephanie, uh, you know, was pregnant. He wanted to do an incest storyline. That he was the father. Are of the you daughter. freaking kidding? I no. I shit you not. He wanted to do it. Where he impregnated his daughter. And and read even, my book and understand how my how my. Price for a thousand dollars for five minutes alone with your Mac just went up to two thousand for five minutes alone in a room with you. No, how dare you promote rape? How freaking dare you? I had no clue. Like I said, I could. We've got one in four children that's reported in the United States mm-hmm. that have been raped by a relative, a father, a stepfather, yeah. an uncle, a, an aunt. Understand, women are rapists as well. Mm-hmm. And he's promoting rape? Yeah. Oh, in his own family. In his own family. Yeah, I'm he's uh, back in '88. I'd have made a trip to New York. No, because he's I was a, too young. He's a piece of work for sure. And um, how can, oh God. can you promote something like that? It's, how disgusting! That's Mildred Burke is the name that I was thinking of. That's what there you go. Here. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but. But yeah, no, that that's that's Vince, and uh, that's you, you know when you when you think about you know your situation, you when you think about the death of Owen Hart, you think about Calgary. Obviously, you know, not not trying to compare tragedies or, or what have you, but you know, and there's no you, bad is bad. There is no right bad exactly. Bad is bad. My life. There may be somebody else who some people could say wasn't just it was bad. There's no one to ten. Agreed. You know. Agreed. Eddie Guerrero, uh, Owen Hart, Roddy mm-hmm. Piper, uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, Lord Superstar. have mercy. Superstar. Superstar Billy Graham. 
there you go. You know, uh, he's. Terry, what he did to Terry Taylor, what he did with that game, destroyed Terry. And yeah. believe me, I was a friend of Terry's. Terry, me, Terry came down. See, Sandy used to have the guys come down and train with us. Because right. he was, nobody wrestles exactly the same. Although these three guys may have been trained by this same person, they still don't wrestle the same. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. So you need to wrestle all three of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's these other three guys trained by this other three guys, and they're totally different than this three guys. So you need to wrestle them. He brought in Professor David Lewis, Red, Red Bastine. Really? We prayed as bad as Sandy was. And when you train wrestling Sandy, there was a garbage can on each side of the ring, and it wasn't if you throw up, it was when you were going to throw up, and if which garbage can where you're going to hit, and if you were going to hit it. When Red Bastine came in for that day, we were all so glad to see Sandy the next day. Really? <laughs> oh, Rip. But I thank God for it. And see that that's one thing I loved about training where I trained who I trained. I was not a woman wrestler. I was a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. And you should have seen one of the one of the guys that was being trained. We were doing body slams. And how it went was here's the person that to be slammed, here's the line of who's gonna slam. Okay. And at that time, I was finally a girl. And one of the guys went to pick me up and he stopped. And Sandy looked at him and said, What's the problem? Well, I got to do this. And, and do it. She's a wrestler. Wow. She's not a female wrestler. She's a wrestler. And if you can't wrestle her just like you would wrestle me, get out of my ring. And but on the other hand, just like one of the boys, I was not a female wrestler. I was a professional wrestler. I did kit charges. I did a hundred drop kicks before I first hit the you know, hit the chest the first time and damn you, Terry Allen for Terry Allen came out first time he ever did a drop. Hit a six foot two guy right in the chest. Wait, wait, wait. Like Magnum TA Terry Allen? Yeah. Fuck. Really? Yeah. Oh, TA. T.A. and I were friends before we were wrestlers. No shit. I can remember. Okay, I'm going to really blow your mind. Chautauqua set it up. Here's the ring. Go straight behind them. This was an old packing uh, building, from what I can tell. 
because they had one of the big doors where an yeah, the sliding wheeler door. Yeah. come in. No, raise up oh. doors. Oh, the roll up. For an yeah, yeah. All right, it's about seventy-five degrees. So Sandy raises the door. Terry's in the ring, and we're working. And we're working hard this day, real hard, because it was velvet. From what I was told, Buck Sawyer was there, but for some reason, my brain just kind of erased him. Um, and Terry, Terry was there. And I'm about to die or puke or both. And I look over, and here's the big bay door that's been raised. The sun's out there. Terry's got like a thinking thing going on. He's got his right, his left knee is down, right knee is up, and he's like this. Steam, 75 degrees. I can see steam coming off the man's head. I kid you not. Before cell phones, I wish to God we had had a, a cell phone for that one moment I'm literally steam coming off his head that's how hard terry trained to become a wrestler that's how bad he wanted one of the all-time greats and you, you you think if that crash hadn't have happened you know like he would have yeah him and him and brady are the two biggest like two, two of the but biggest missed opportunities right now, and I'm going to compare it to my life. Right now, Terry is with a woman he loves. Yep. He's got his beautiful yep. twins. And if if his star had kept going, that would have never happened. It's just like yes. me. It's not broke my neck. I would not met my first husband. I would not have my beautiful son, John. I would not have divorced my first husband and met my who was my soulmate, my best friend, the little brother I couldn't kill, who to this day, there are times I'm thinking about it. Wow. It, things happen for a reason. Would Terry be as happy now if he was still in the spotlight? When you see him look at those two kids, and I've seen him look at those two kids, and I've seen him look at his wife. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't the greatest thing that could happen, but maybe it was the way it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's that's true. That, that's a great way to look at it, you know. And especially a lot of people who have their time in the sun cut short tragically. Um, as yours did, as Terry's did, you know, you you hear the things of bitterness, and I don't I don't get that from you. Like you really appreciate your time for what it was, and you were okay with it. It, it going. Look at the five, six. Wait a minute. Twenty four started in, at fourteen, sweeping floors and setting up the ring. Had that family. An eighth grade dropout goes to Paris, goes to Santo Domingo, Trinidad, all over the United States, all over Canada. What have I got to be bitter about? I've got this awesome kid 
who came out poor. Now he's a lawyer on the top floor with Liberty Mutual, just $200,000 plus house in Yukon, Oklahoma. And that same house, say, in New York would be over a million. Yeah, true. Plus. Okay. And then right? Right. My sister paid two $200,000 brick house with three or four acres, which was a good price. And it's what she needs because she likes horses. But this is vaulted ceilings. Wow. You know, with the big, it's a lawyer's house. Um, I have to say, it's my girl. Need I say more? Give me a second. Yeah, go go for it. Give go me a sec. Yeah, absolutely. And for those guys who are joining us here, uh, we are live with a literal professional wrestling legend in Princess Victoria. She is a former WWF World Women's Tag Team Champion, a former World Women's Tag Team Champion of the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, that pairing was uh, her and Velvet McIntyre, which is uh, just wild to think about. Um, and and it, if you guys don't know what this is, uh, this is According to Woods. And uh, we kind of try to get the inside stories of some of the notables in not just professional wrestling, not just MMA, but just everyday people in our community. And I was very, very uh, blessed to have Princess Victoria come into my life. Uh, shout out to the franchise player Bad Blood of the uh, Roundtable Pro Wrestling Podcast on the Bodyslam.net network, uh, who kind of put us together. But I would you know, in Inglewood, would read old wrestling, uh, I guess they would call it film, of, you know, different matches and what have you. And right around that 80, 82, 84 timeline, I'd read about, you know, a uh, Princess Victoria and a Velvet McIntyre, along with, like, the Jonathan Bomb Angels, and, and wonder, like, maybe I missed something. And to have her here... Kind of sharing space and sharing stories, it is one of the joys of my life. So, uh, as we have you Man, back, you I, put, hell yeah, I'm putting you over. Damn hell yeah, building a car, didn't it? Yeah, no, I'm gonna put you Wait, over. You, got, to the, you gotta remember the other women that were there and were there a lot longer than I was. True, Judy Martin, Joyce Grable, you know, and, and as much crap as is talked about Mula, yeah. Lillian Ellison was the business side of Moolah. I don't right. like Lillian Ellison. Moolah was, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. You know, talk about Leilani Kai. You know, Debbie Combs, Cora. Cora. I was blessed to meet Cora before she died. Oh, my God. Wow. Look at all these other women. Mildred Burke. And Mildred Burke, oh, sh if she ever got mad at me, I'm running, and I'm a street kid. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a street kid, we know when to say, I give up. <laughs> yeah. But, 
um, you know, there, there are many great female, and even today, you know, I quit, I said I quit wa watching women's wrestling. There was one night about mm, six, five, six years ago, and I was in my room playing on the computer, and I looked up, and here's these two women wrestling. She reversed it. Computer goes off. Sound goes up. It's ROH. Ring of Honor. Ah, yes. Right? Yes. Kelly Klein. Wow. Okay. Wow. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the match. And all of a sudden, I went, now that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's women. Sumi Sakai. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, 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 Madison Miles, uh, uh, Nyla Rose, N the queen who just retired, you witch, Nyla Kennedy. Yes. Yes. She just retired. Can you believe she retired on me? I, um, I can. I, I can. And I'm missing 20 other of these women, these independent women wrestlers and don't get me wrong there are women i have watched on youtube i refuse to give Vinny any of my money including watching it on bc agreed you know ronda russi yeah yeah you know look at what she did in mma and mm -hmm. i actually mm -hmm. after somebody told me okay this is a woman wrestler now piper put his name on her i went what Piper didn't put his name on men. Right, exactly. Exactly. Not even his son. And, oh, right. Right. And 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 both Teal and Cole stood up and said, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's my dad's jacket. Yes, my dad put his name on her. Mm -hmm. You know, and like I said, Piper's from my day. You don't just go say, Oh, this guy's cool. They have to be cool. Yeah. You know. Um, but there are some great ladies out there right now in independent wrestling that they are wrestling. And yes, some of them have the two piece, but it's not the triangle and butt floss. It's, right. Absolutely. Women's wrestling is progressing. Just like we went from, you know, when we used to go to the beaches in the fifties, we had the one piece that went down to the knees. Then you had the one piece that went up to the thigh. Then you had the one piece. Then we went to the two piece, and then we got the string bikini. No string bikinis, ladies. Right. But they they've right. got the two pieces. But if you look at them, they're not doing the crap that Vinny Mack was promoting. Exactly. These are well-made exactly. outfits that are not showing TNA. And I am very impressed what I'm seeing with these independent women. Yeah. Serena Deeb is another one. Uh, former NWA Women's Champion. She she did have a run with Vince uh, where it was at CM Punk's Straight Edge Society where they didn't drink and everything. She's the one who straight, shaved her head. And uh, she actually got... But her stuff now... She took she she had a I, I believe she had a neck injury as well that took her away from the business and whatever and she ended up doing yoga and what have you but like she's doing incredible stuff 
I mean, when when uh, Billy Corgan, you know, resurrected the uh, well, he didn't resurrect, but you can't resurrect something that has already been there. But the NWA, when Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins took over the NWA, uh, I think it was like her and Jazz, uh, you know, doing a one B, one A, one B, and then putting out on AEW television. But Serena well, I think is like, Malaya Osaka has wrestled for them too, right? Yeah, Malia. Malia is uh, she's a, I can't wow because uh one of one of my, my no, friends, she's not, I, but she's been at, um she's been at several other independent organizations here. Yeah, you need to out. yeah, no, she has follow her. Yeah, she's she's she may be a stewardess, but she's wrestling three, four times a month, and it's not yeah. just in Portland, she's you know, Tennessee, so on and so and I think she wrestled recently for the AEW. I believe so. Yeah, you, you're so, right. Yeah, you're, you're right which is which is kind of wild because you you watch your stuff and like the early days of WCW Nitro. She's on. It's is on, right? And then you you have it now with AEW back on Turner Television and she's there too. She, she's like Velvet. She's like Judy. She's like Leilani. You know, if if Moolah hadn't been Lillian Allison, and she had let her business mind take over and let her know when to step back and let the younger generation take over, all she would have had to do was sit behind the desk. And I know that's I know what it's like to walk out to that ring. I know what it's like to hear that thunder. You know, I know like to hear that roar when you do that three-point pin or that howl when you're the heel, because I've done both. But you've also got to let your common sense take over. You do not need to get in the ring at 80 years old in a plaid red and and a white shirt and do what was done. Once again, Vinny, $2,000 now, five minutes. What you did to move and um, what's her name? May Young. What you did to Moo and May Young at that age, five minutes, $2,000, 20 crisp, $100, no consequences. You beat my ass, you bust my head. The case of Ross Rock. Five wow. minutes, ass wipe. There you go. There you go, genetic jackhammer. <laughs> And uh, Mick Mack over uh, from uh, the Eric Bischoff show uh, after 83 weeks, he says, hey, Sizzle. And uh, Timothy Simmons from BCW says, hey, Princess, how you doing? Hey, Tim, how you doing? Tell, tell, uh, tell Tex and uh, uh, tell Tex and Shannon I said hi. BCW is another independent uh, organization in Portland. They just started back up. Uh, mm -hmm. Was last month? Month last before month last. At the Halcyon. 
at the Halcyon. They've got they've got a steady show every. I want to say Sunday night. Am I, every Sunday night and refreshments, the whole nine yards is a kid kid friendly atmosphere. There's no cussing like on this fucking show. <laughs> you know, this shit ain't PG. It is what it is. You know, it's late now. Yeah. Hell yes. Well, I, I, you know what? I, I actually wanted to ask you about uh, a cowboy, uh, about your time in Mid-South. Because, I mean, famously, one of the biggest stars, obviously, you know, JYD, you know, Magnum, Jim Duggan. Junkyard Dog. Do you have a Junkyard story? Yes, gentlemen. I got a JYD story. Let's hear it. Um, Junkyard Dog, one of the greatest gentlemen in the business, one of the best wrestlers, and one of the most humble men you will ever meet. Um, Teddy DiBiase, you dog, talked me into pulling a, a, a rib NYD. What? I didn't understand because I didn't understand. He came, the dog came from the same place I came from. We both come up hard. And JYD had just gotten his Mercedes, his first Mercedes, which I didn't know that from the bus. Well, Teddy talked me and Velvet, me and the girls, into pulling a rib because he like a gentleman. So we're in a caravan like we did in all the territories. That, that's one thing you got to understand. Even then, when the girls come into a territory, especially if they were with me, Velvet, or Judy, or Leilani, you know, we were taken care of. We were little sisters. So we're in a caravan. Dogs behind us. I pull my Chevy Malibu off to the side. Velvet gets out. I pop, you know, I hit the click. She pops the hood. She's standing there with her. damsel distress. And, of course, dog pulls in behind us. As soon as he pulled in behind us, now, I believe it was Louisiana. You know, the side roads, they're not paved. No, it's gravel. Not at all. Exactly. Right. And I hit brake and gas at the same time. <gasps> and I peppered that Mercedes. Heard it. Not understanding. This was like your first car. Oh no. oh, no. And I had to hide from him for the next three weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't believe he would ever lay a hand on me, but I did not want to see the disappointment in his eyes because T.A. came up to me and explained that I was not pulling a rib on dog. Teddy pulled a rib on me. Oh, fuck. The double rib. 
Shit. Yep. Shit. Right. Oh. Damn. That's horrible. That's 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 pretty. That's pretty oh, Jenny McKinnon is in the end. Or wait a minute, he's getting it now, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Or I mean, Connor's getting yeah. it now. Uh, I mean, you could say that. You could say that. Yeah. Which, I mean, now, now we're on the subject of Teddy, right? I don't know if you got a chance to read his book, but. He was talking not so great things about Bill, and that's almost what led him to go to Vince, right? Uh, you know. Are you kidding me? So th this is what he's saying. This is what he. I mean, obviously, I'm paraphrasing it, but the he, I, I, there's one story in particular because obviously the Mid South, you know, that that territory was as big and wide. Any time. Moose said, you can go. Uh, me, 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 me. Yeah. Bill treated us lady. I made more at the Superdome in a third or fourth match than I made semi-main event at Madison Square Garden for Vinny. Oh, fucking way. Bill refused to pay Moolah. He gave us cash. Wow. That's how she got us. Judy had the checks. She found the checks from New York to prove where Moo said we made two fifty, we made a thousand. And then she took thirty percent out of the two fifty. Of course. And you know what her lawyer you got a case? But she ain't got enough money because she's got Vinnie Max, five lawyers to back her up. Yep, hell yeah. Yep. Uh, unfortunately. Which, well, I hope she's happy in that mausoleum. Yeah, right. Right? Because, uh, I mean, the, the, the farm, did you hear about burn it? Like, I think burned to the ground. And, I mean, that's, that's poetic justice, I feel. Unfortunately, there was a couple people who lost lives in that. Somebody had taken it. Now, I understand what happened was, gee, um, this came after me in 1987 telling me that I had made, now I broke my neck, date it, you, figure, yeah. you do the math, broke my neck, second week of, first week of September, second week of September, 84. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, in 87, the IRS is coming after me that I had worked for Lillian in 85 and I had made $10,000 and I ain't filed taxes on it. What the fuck? I get a letter. I make the phone call because, by the way, you know, the IRS does not call you and threaten you and tell you to go get a, you know, prepaid card and give them money. No, right. they send you a letter. Then you call them. And yeah. I called them. And I called him, and I called him, and I worked my way up to the person who was actually handling the case. Well, you work, you made ten thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-five. I said, "No, sir, I did not." Oh, yes, you did. Uh, uh, Lillian Ellisor, uh, not Ellison Ellisor, filed taxes and. Said she paid you ten thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-five. I said, "Show me a check with my signature on it." I said, "And 
you can't do that, but I can bring over 100 people into the courtroom when you take me to court for back taxes that can tell you that in 1984, I broke my neck and they all saw me almost not able to get off the couch in 84 and was a housewife in 85 and 86 and in Virginia at the time, in North Carolina and Virginia at the time, and was not wrestling. Now, if you will go back and do your research, you will find out she's done this before. Never heard another word. Didn't worry about it. You can't get blood out of a turn up at that time. I was piss poor broke anyway. Yeah, well, and, the, 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 and, and it's then, not just 85. It's the big, I mean, arguably a bad year for the WWF with with Mania, with Rock and Wrestling, the fucking MTV. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Who, who took my place as the world tag team champion in 85? Desiree Peterson. There was no Princess Victoria anymore. There was right. Desiree. Yeah. Now, go back. In 1988, I believe, is when Mula was going around, excuse me, Lillian Elsor was taking all her valuables out in the house. And from what I hear to this day, you can still find TVs and other things in the ponds. Because she was taking everything out of the house saying, I'd rather it drown in the pond than them fucking bastards get it from me at the IRS. Mm -hmm. That yep. was me. That's fucking, yeah, that's Mula. It's consistent. It's fucking consistent. Which, do, do you, do you not know the only did she, Not only did she throw me to the wolves, she took what was left and it to the fucking jackals. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Then, oh, wait, wait for it. Here's the punchline. Do you know what she told my friends, my brothers business? No. When they asked where I was because I just suddenly disappeared? No. And if no. it's alive, Velvet McIntyre told it, and I guarantee you, she'll stand up because I've already asked her. Do you know what that old bitch told my family? What? I was in jail for dealing cocaine. What the fuck? I kid you not. What? Kid you fucking not. Ask Judy Martin. Ask Velvet McIntyre. Rather than tell the girls that she kicked me to the curb and hurt any Mac said, bye-bye, you got a broken neck, we can't use you anymore. Oh my and God. Sandy Barr went to his deathbed thinking I was in prison for dealing cocaine. My, no. my father, my adopted father, the man who brought me into this business, went to his deathbed thinking I was in prison for dealing cocaine. Fucking hell. I hate Lillian Ellisor, and I don't hate very many people because I don't have 
that kind of energy to give away. Right. Exactly. But Moolah was still a part of our business. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. Can't have one without the other, as uh, old blue eyes say. So, which, I mean, I, I, what, what, do you know what the plans were for you? For you had, do you know what the plans were for you if you hadn't have gotten hurt? Well, uh, just, uh, just before I broke my neck, Wendy and I had done a tour. When we came back from the tour, Wendy was went to Lopper. Velvet and I had the belts. I was doing matches against Mula. Mula was doing matches against Wendy. But I'm fine with oh I I don't agree with what she did. Right. Sometimes it really pisses me off. But if it hadn't happened the way it happened, I wouldn't have my son and I would not have met Jack. Those two men right there, I would not trade any star on a Hollywood sidewalk or any millions of dollars for. Yeah. What's supposed to happen? No, I, 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 no, I, I appreciate the, you know, the, the, your outlook on, on, on life and what would have been a, a tragedy to other, to anybody else. But, you know, I, you and Velvet versus the Jumping Bomb Angels. To me, as a fan, I was just like, Velvet was Judy Martin and Leilani Kai. Oh dude. my god. Four shooters. Four shooters. Velvet McIntyre, Judy Martin, Leilani Kai in the ring. Nobody can touch you. And, and I'm not taking anything away from the jumping from angels. Mm -hmm. Believe me. They were fantastic. Velvet, me, Judy, and Leilani this music. Yeah. If you've yeah. seen me and Velvet in the ring with Judy, and you've seen me and Velvet in the ring with Leilani, watch those matches. It was freaking mad. That wasn't that wasn't a job. That wasn't work. That was. Oh, there's a cute guy on the first row. Let me drop a tear. <laughs> That was, I get to wrestle Leilani tonight. You know, when and see if somebody's drop kicked you, but then when you watch the tape and it looks like they freaking killed you. Yeah. You know, and I can go back to the motel room and say, hey guys, Hump and TA and uh, Ed and all of them are at so-and-so. I'll be at the bar. You know, um, I'll see you when I see you. And it doesn't get back to the old cow. Yeah. Right? That's life. Oh, we had so much fun. I miss it. I, I really, and, and those, Despina Montagas, Leilani Kai, Judy Martin, Wendy Richter, Susan Starr, Velvet McIntyre, and I know I'm missing a couple of you others. Uh, Candy Malloy, 
my buddy, my friend, she died of cancer. There, there was there was one or two of the girls that were true moolah girls, but then there was us. And when we went on the road together, it was magic. And if you watch the matches on YouTube, you'll see it. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it definitely. I mean, to create a legacy. I, I don't know if you all knew what you were doing at the time, but those matches almost are like, you know, Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid. You know, the, those and we did the same thing as Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, and and the reason yeah. I know that is because I've been on the same tour as those two. Mm -hmm. When we got to the motel room, we were working. Oh, here's a piece of chicken. Take a bite. Up. Oh. Let's try this. We constantly were perfecting our craft. We were constantly working. And it didn't matter if we walked out into that ring and there were five people or there were 50,000 people. We gave them the same match, just like Tiger Match and Dynamite Kid did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't work. It was like, oh, goody. Going in the ring with Leilani and Judy tonight, or Judy and Despina. It was just, it was like the night that Wendy and I were, it was just before my, I got my neck broke. We were in Philadelphia, not at the Spectrum, it was that other one. Yeah, the, yeah, right, right. yeah right, right. the theater, right? Dark matches in, in Philly after. You do the spectrum one week, and then the next week when you came to Philly, it was at. Um, and I threw Wendy over the top rope. And I threw her, and she did a somersault and landed on her back. She went overhead first, landed on her back, and she's laying there like this. And this damn cowboy, about six foot five, 275 plus, stomped her. Where no woman should be stomped. Whoa. Oh, I come out of that ring. I come out of that ring and I straddled Wendy. I said, This is my job, not yours. And that's one thing every fan needs to know. I don't care how bad you hate me, I don't care how bad you hate who. You lay your hands on a wrestler. You got everything coming that you get. If you get a broken neck, a broken back, you got it coming. Because I went after him. Even though Wendy and I were opponents, he had no right to put his hands on Wendy or his boots. And Mula was there that night and she started getting in between and telling me I was doing wrong. I'd get the hell out of my way. Bring, and they already had the security guards and the boys already had him. And the boys took him out back before the cops got there. Damn right. Damn right. I don't, I don't care. You're a fan. You paid for your ass to be in a seat. Keep your ass in a seat. Don't you lay a hand on a wrestler. And when I was coming up with the likes of Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, I mentioned them all. The rule was 
I don't care if a fan was 600 pounds, seven foot two, and made Andre the Giant look small. If you couldn't take him out, you had no business in the ring. Right. Yeah, that was Keller. And believe me, there's, there's, I can take these two fingers, right? Here we go with the damn truck again. These two fingers right here. And take your little finger just like this and put you on your knees. I don't care. I've met one man who would, it, it wasn't that it didn't hurt. He just refused to go down. No solid. No solid. Oh, no. He, this was an egotist from hell. Narcissistic. I could have, I was this close to breaking his finger. And I said, no, nah, it's not worth it. Fuck. So I like leg sweep and put him on his ass. There you go. <laughs> Well, fuck. I mean, this, I don't think there's a better way to fucking uh, conclude. But I mean, obviously, um, I, you kind of shouted a couple people out, you know. Um, but take as long as you need. Let's get some shout outs of the way, you know, people that have helped you personally, professionally to get you where you are today. Unfortunately, a lot of them have passed away. Buddy Rose made me. Buddy Rose and the eight man over the top and me kicking him in the nuts on a live Saturday night and him curling up in the fetal position and screaming to high heaven made me. Um, other people, like I said, Bill Watts, Don Owen, Sandy Barr, um, Despina Montagas, Leilani Kai, shout out to Nyla Rose. You know, I love you, girl. She, she wrote the uh, preface to my to my book. Uh, she is in my book. Um, there's so many people I want to say hi, and I love you all. And please keep doing what you're doing, ladies. All you independent ladies, Madison Miles, Kelly Klein, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Don't fall under the Vinnie McMahon crap where you think you got to do TNA. Because you are professional wrestlers. You're not just women wrestlers. You're professional wrestlers. And I'd rather make $50 a night than $500 if I have to do TNA. And I hope that's what you keep under your belts. All you young people coming up that want to be wrestlers. If you go to a trainer and you go to your first day's training and you don't either hit your knees thinking you're going to throw up or throw up walk back out go find another trainer because they're not training you properly if sandy Barr had not trained me the way he did to keep my body physically the way it was the night i broke my neck i could very well not be sitting here today i would have died that night in the ring or I would be in a wheelchair paralyzed from the neck down because of the physique that Sandy required me to keep even after I left his training. That's the reason I'm still here today. And you need to require your trainer to train you the same way. There it is from the legend herself. I'm just saying, I mean, I, 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 I 
I, I'm left speechless. I'm left speechless. Now, uh, Princess Victoria, for those who want a little bit more of you, uh, do you have the social media? Where can they find the book? I find me on, and I got these on my page right now because I can't remember the names. I am on. I am on. Let's see. I'm on Twitter at Victoria Otis at P R N C E S Victoria. I am also on Instagram, Victoria Otis at Princess Victoria Tag Team Champ. I'm also on Facebook at, and of course that one I didn't mark, so I've got to go find me. Uh, I'm on Victoria Otis at uh, Vicky Otis. It's HTTPS backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash Vicky dot Otis dot seven backslash. Now I've got my book out, which uh, is Princess Victoria. If you notice, I had it sitting right back here only because I keep forgetting the title. It's Princess Victoria, a tie, a tale of tears, triumphs, and turnbuckles. You can contact me on any one of my pages and get this personally autographed, or you can go to eatsleepandwrestle.com and get it from uh, uh, Mr. Cosper, my co-author, uh, Mr. John Cosper, my co-author, or you can go to amazon.com. Also, for the first time since Pre-1984, if you look at these two pictures in the background, that's Velvet and I with the championship titles. After more than 10 years, Velvet has agreed to autograph these pictures, send them to me. You will be able to get either one of these pictures autographed by both Velvet and I personalized for $75 a piece. Just contact me. At either one, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. I'm I'm uh, taking a trip to the gimmick table. I know, uh, what is it? Christmas is uh, long gone, but uh, I, I think my birthday. Valentine's is I, just around the corner, brother. Agreed. Agreed. And that's what I'm going to have. Not Cupid's arrow, but literally a, a, a sign eight by ten of me. Former WWF Women's Tag Team Champions, Robert McIntyre and Princess Victoria. That's what I'm going to have. No chocolates for me. That's what I want. Along with a t-shirt and a book. I'm just saying, I want all the gimmicks. Give me all the gimmicks. All right. You got it all. I'll even throw a t-shirt in for free. And this yeah. is a t-shirt. See? Done by oh my Warren. And this is Legends Wrestling. This is my card on Legends Wrestling. These are $28 a piece that includes shipping. And that is my actual signature. And I spent eight hours photoshopping this on there. Eight, eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours. Pixel Pink by thinking. pixel. 
painstaking. Just saying. Oh, I, 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 I am so. I am so. What do they call it? Meticulous. Uh, OCD. OCD it has, I did more than ten. Would bring it up, put it on black. No, that's not right. Damn it, and start all over again. Damn it. Again, a, a, a very methodical, meticulous, even in her signatures, you know? So, again, what is the pages on the book uh, that bears her name going to have? What is the actual signature with her in velvet with the WWF Women's World Tag Team Championship on it? My God. Again, I'm getting one. You guys can get one. We, did, we didn't have time to sign many pictures together back in the day. I know of one person that has both Velvet and I on the same picture, and that's only because he sent me a picture, I signed it, sent it to Velvet, and that was way after we quit wrestling. When we were wrestling, it was like you get to the arena, you wrestle, you got a six-hour drive, you get in the car and you go. If you came up to the ring, you get our autograph, but that was very far, far and few between. Yeah. This is a first. This is a first. Again, you don't get that, especially in this day and age, to have a first. Literally, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Literally over 30 years, 30, close to 40 years in the making. So again, get on that. Go ahead and follow Princess Victoria on all of her social media to get this one-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm I'm on it. You guys should be on it. But in the vein of following and subscribing and all that jazz, uh, go ahead and follow and subscribe to the According to Woods podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And we're even on Twitter. So there you go. I mean, Princess Victoria, you're subscribed to the podcast, aren't you? Of course I am. I'm on it, aren't I? Damn right you are. Hell yes. And and how much actually- fun have we had tonight? Just think. Who's he got on tomorrow night? Who you got on tomorrow night? I mean, we might have Eric Bischoff later in the week, but uh, that's just... uh, Oh, Eric Bischoff? Really? I'm going to tune in to that. You see, so again, being like Princess Victoria in many ways, but definitely go ahead and subscribe. Take that trait from her and subscribe to this podcast. But if you don't believe me, you don't believe former NWA, NWF, women's tag team champion, Princess Victoria, and I don't know why you wouldn't. Well, here's Zeta Zhang to help convince you. Hey, this is Zeta Zhang. Make sure you subscribe to According to Woods 